and all you did was hope that she could solve it. I remember her slowing down the writing because she couldn't write until she went through all of this stuff. And I'm not sure if I heard from her again after that. Every available hour from late January of 2016 until April 21st, 2016 was spent reviewing or interacting with our new acquisition, the mother load. It's beyond a treasure trove of info. I have to think there's at least an 80% chance his name is buried in here somewhere. We were volleying ideas and suspects and theories and leads, or uh, she would spot something that wasn't thoroughly investigated or not followed up on. There was material in there that us other investigators had never seen. So as she came across material that she thought was relevant, she did share that. So now I'm looking at who this guy is. I told Michelle, yeah, you know, right now I can't eliminate him at all. So Michelle was saying, we got to get his DNA. I was like, absolutely. I can't even tell you when you see something that you're looking for, how far down the rabbit hole you go. I mean, I can't believe some of the things I've done to tell you the truth. Have you ever interacted with anyone that you thought might be a suspect? Like, yes, I actually got DNA on their suspect. You, you yourself did? Yes, oh and I know gosh. the suspect. Oh my gosh. Because he was someone who, like, you went to high school with him? I dated him. Wow. I happened to know a guy who was on the suspect list, and I talked him into coming into Sacramento. So we have lunch. I'm thinking I'm going to bag the silverware, but I'm like, I can't get the silverware without him seeing me. So I say, well, why don't you let me drive you home? And so I put him in the car, and he had a bottle of water. And I go, can I have the last sip of that water? And I took it and kept it. and turned it in to be DNA tested. Wow. Did he live in any of the areas? Lived in every area. Oh my gosh. Did he seem to have a violent streak? Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, I spend three to four hours a day on this case. I have five kids, my right. six grandchild to do any second. And um, I mean, I just have a really full life, but I'm consumed with this case. I've had an uneasy realization about how our frenetic searching mirrors the compulsive behavior of the one we seek. The trampled flower beds, scratch marks on window screens, crank calls. We glimpse the rough outline of what we seek, 
and we get snagged on it, sometimes remaining stuck when we could get free and move on. Wait, wait, wait. One, two, three. This is my song that I want to show you. That I want to sing. Michelle, how are you? I wanted to just go over the placement of the tree in the rear portion of the yard. Hey, Michelle, I want to talk to you about the pool, basically, discharging water over to the property behind you. Hey, it's Patton. Alice got off to school, okay? Thank you for uh, helping. Good morning, Michelle. It's Mel. I believe it was number 21. Hi, Michelle. Investigator Larry. It's nothing there, hi. I understand you wanted to speak to me about Jamel Cruz. Uh, I'm more than happy to speak with you. I'll, um, I'll try again later. It's probably about uh, 10 o'clock for your time. Thank you. The killer's last known victim was an 18-year-old young woman in Irvine named Janelle Cruz. That was in 1986. Janelle Cruz case was very interesting to us. You know, being 18 years old and just so innocent and so young. Janelle! She, you know, I was a teenager around the same time. And I, I did, just even looking at her hairstyles and stuff, it's very familiar to me. Walk to me, Janelle. The brief life of Janelle Cruz was no less tragic than her death. Her biological father was long out of the picture. When she was 15, she was drugged and raped, and the crime went unreported. On May 3rd, 1986, her mother and stepfather left for a vacation to Cancun. The following evening, a teenage coworker hung out with Janelle after she told him she was lonely with her parents out of town. A noise outside startled them. 
Janelle looked out her window and closed the shutters. I think it's just the cats. The workmate left a short time later. In the Janelle Cruz case, relative to the previous cases, there's a lot of similarities. And it appears that he, of course, is going through the backyard. He picked up the weapon, likely a monkey wrench that was present in the backyard. He's able to get inside. And then he binds her up and she's raped and then she's bludgeoned. It's important to point out that when he attacks Janelle Cruz, the Golden State Killer's previous attack was five years earlier, in July of 1981. Knowing what I know about this man, if I had a gun, I definitely would shoot him. And I would not shoot to injure, I would shoot to take care of him. And I believe that he wants to kill, and he will kill. The interesting thing about Janelle's case is the gap between 81 and 86. He obviously was stopping for whatever reason. It wasn't just that he saw Janelle and was like, I'm going to kill her. I think there was a combination of, like, she was going to be his next victim, and I think it must have been some sort of precipitating stressor, and who knows what that was. He just got kicked out of his house or something, you know, lost his job. He was just obviously very, very angry. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's just a very, very sad story. And, um, and you can just only hope that somehow in her life, like in that time period around when she died, maybe there is a clue of, you know, maybe she, something she said or, so, you know, looking into her life in that way is interesting too. Have you seen the, um, the interview that with Janelle's mom? I mean, she kind of talks stream of consciousness in a way that I thought someone who's an investigator should listen to this. Janelle. Okay. Was kind of a shy girl. She was very pretty, very popular. Oh, she saw about the rape. But at the same yeah. time, her first rape. Anyway, uh, this one night I let her stay overnight at her girlfriend's house. She came home the next day uh, crying, and and she wouldn't tell me why right away. But the man, the father of the young girl, uh, raped her. I've been raped and I you yes, recognize him and I was so um, molested by a neighbor man and it's ironic because I just realized how much of a victim I was as a young person. Right. And I just right. don't know yeah. what that was in me. But Oh, it wasn't anything in you. No, they, they, it was something they gravitated yeah. to. Yeah. Oh they well they know what they're doing. Yeah. Just, I mean, he's no, made, I totally understand. I had a similar I worked in um, in Northern Ireland for a year after college, mm -hmm. and I, my boss, basically, the same thing happened to me. It's terrible.
catch myself in urban mirrors, store windows, the smudged glass on the train. Each time, I look dazed, slightly wide-eyed, as if I'm seeing something unbelievable for the first time. Belfast has driven itself within my bones. The neediness of his stubby fingers digging inside me. The scene in Linen Hall Library.
my villain appearance take the blood of a king in my vein ain't spilling ghetto will fellow sugar hero mellow camaro driven i climax from paper then ask why is life worth living is it the hunt for the shit that you want to receive great but i love giving the best jewelers want to make my things i make jacob shit on the rain just to make me a change niggas mentioned the one love came home with a paper in hand they gotta brag about the feds young man old cribs i sold y'all drive by like Google Earth, Nas, I got flats in other continents. Worst enemies wanna be my best friends. Best friends wanna be enemies like that's a sin. But I don't give a fuck, walk inside the lion's den. Take everybody's chips, bout to cash to men. Up your catalog, dog, mine's worth too much. Like Mike Jack's ATV part, Matola can't touch.
the blood of a king in my vein ain't spilling. Ghetto will fellow, sugar hero mellow, Camaro driven. I climax from paper, then ask why is life worth living? Is it the hunt for the shit that you want to receive great, but I love giving? The best jewelers wanna make my things. I make Jacob shit on the rain just to make me a change. Niggas mentioned the one love, came home with a paper in hand. They gotta brag about the fed, young man. Old cribs I sold, y'all drive by like monuments. Google Earth, Nas, I got flats in other continents. Worst enemies wanna be my best friends. Best friends wanna be enemies like that's within. But I don't give a fuck, walk inside the lion's den. Take everybody's chips, bout to cash them in. Up your catalog, dog, mine's worth too much. Like Mike Jack's ATV part, Matola can't touch.
take the blood of a king in my vein ain't spilling. Ghetto will fellow, sugar here with mellow, Camaro driven. I climax from paper, then ask why is life worth living? It's just a hunt for the shit that you want to receive great, but I love giving. The best jewelers wanna make my things. I make Jacob shit on the range just to make me a chain. Niggas mentioned the one love, came home with a paper in hand. They gotta brag about the fed jump, man. Old cribs I sold, y'all drive by like Google Earth, Nas, I got flats in other continents. Worst enemies wanna be my best friends. Best friends wanna be enemies like that's within. But I don't give a fuck, walk inside the lion's den. Take everybody's chips, bout to cash them in. Up your catalog, dog, mine's worth too much. Like Mike Jack's ATV part, Matola can't touch.
more personal.
The Timeless All-Stars, so named for their association with the Timeless record label out of Holland. That was Curtis Fuller on trombone, Harold Land on the saxophone, Bobby Hutcherson, vibraphone, Cedar Walton piano, Buster Williams bass, and the great Billy Higgins on drums. We heard three selections from their album Timeless Heart released in 1983, Hindsight by Cedar Walton, Tyamisha by Buster Williams, and Hand in Glove by Cedar Walton. This is The Morning Train, and I am your sole driver, J.D. Buell. Music now from the UK and Jamaican supergroup Peeny Wally.
some exciting use of violin in that set. We began with Peeny Wally, a group that features, among others, Linton Quasey Johnson, Dennis Bovell, Robbie Shakespeare, Scratch Perry, Dean Frazier, Horsemouth Wallace, Rico Scully, Dizzy, and Fizet. Their album was released in the 1980s, uh, originally 1992 on Shanaki CD. And we heard their song entitled Irish Ire, and their guest on violin was Christopher Habiger. That is Peeny Wally, P E E N I W A A L I. That was followed by Roxy Music from that period when Edwin Jobson appeared in the, the as a member of the band playing violin and you heard Out of the Blue from the fourth Roxy Music album Country Life thank you for joining me on the morning train here at mutinyradio.fm in .sf and since we are located in .sf it took me two hours to get over the bridge today uh, from Oakland to begin today's program late, but better than never. Let us continue with some domestic advice from Tom Manchi.
Double 
someone stole some money who it is it ain't quite clear stolen from my honey she holds my stash ran here the cops you know I can't involve them Yet to 